continue on with water baptism tonight. And but I've given you, there was just a little bit I had not finished up with, and it won't work getting everything out and doing all that. I'll probably cover that in, in, in this. But I'm going to kind of step back a little bit and do like a, like a historical approach to water baptism and some, and some background stuff. That might be, it might, might be interesting to you anyway. I hit on some of it. We'll go in a little more detail uh, this evening. Next week, uh, the, uh, we're going to be looking at the, uh, the Lord's Supper. And uh, so actually next week we're going to be doing, we'll do communion uh, as a part of that. Can't talk about the Lord's Supper and not do it. Uh, so, uh, so that's what we'll be doing, uh, doing then. Uh, just, um, uh, just, just to, first of all, to thank everybody uh, that, that participated, that worked, that invited, that, uh, that came. Uh, we had a great day Sunday. It was really a good, good day. Um, it, it, but this is not the only thing that makes it good. But these are some tangible things we can say. Uh, I think the, the official uh, people count was 229 uh, that, was, uh, that was here. And uh, that's the most of any service since I've been here. And I know in the past y'all have had that many or more. But uh, since I've been here, that's the most that we've, that we've had in any one given service. Except for, uh, I think um, we had a... Um, mm, and I'm talking about a worship service. Uh, first community day we did, first Hallelujah Hoedown, we had about 300 uh, at that uh, for, our, for our first community day we did. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so that was wonderful. And uh, for our homecoming offering, uh, Cynthia uh, just gave me the adjusted, adjusted total. Uh, $10,045 is what we, we had a goal of $10,000, and we took in $10,045. Uh, for that, so that was that was a that was wonderful as well. So that was uh, that that was that was good. So I appreciate uh, everybody's hard work and everybody's participation, and uh, just a, it was a good day. It was a good day in the Lord. So we appreciate that. Uh, we want to go to uh, want to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's remember uh, Christy um, Maxwell. Uh, she had some sort of heart surgery today. I, I, I don't know, didn't know about it uh, until Susan, Su, Su, Susan said something. I, I, so I don't, and I think it come up all of a sudden for her. Uh, so I, I really, I really do not know uh, what, what that's all about. But um, as, as we all know, Christy is not in good health anyway. So we want to go, we'll be praying for her. And uh, also uh, Susan's mother, uh, Jean Red. Uh, she was uh, discharged from the hospital today. She's been in there for a few days, and they have sent her home, uh, and, um, and she'll be going on hospice. Uh, so let's, let's, remember, let's remember them uh, and, uh, and, and Miss, Miss Jean uh, in our prayers as well. Uh, Billy uh, Beasley, I saw him this afternoon, and let's continue to remember, remember Billy in our prayers. He's, you know, he, he, looks, he looks good. But he is um, just having a lot of effects from the chemotherapy and the, all the medication and, and other things of that nature. So let's continue to remember uh, Billy uh, in our prayers as well and to uh, lift him up. Um, it, you, may, you may have a prayer need you want to express uh, this evening. Yeah. Um, Sharon's husband, Christopher, 
Oh, good. Good, good. Did he? Okay, good, good, good. Glad you're feeling better. Glad you're feeling better. Wonderful, wonderful. That's good news, good news. Um, uh, my sister, uh, my, 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 my sister says, let's, let's continue. He's doing wonderful, but he still, it still has effect fr- from the uh, chemotherapy and radiation that he has. And I just remember them in our prayers and uh, also, my cousin Becky uh, that has cancer, going through cancer. She's, uh, um, I think, she has taken her last treatment, scheduled chemotherapy treatment, and uh, I think the next step is they're going to try an immunotherapy on her to see if that will that that will help out as well. So, let's continue. She's she has in all the midst of all of this, she has a daughter who lives, I think, it's in Ohio somewhere up in the Midwest. And uh, they've had a they've had a, a grandbaby. She's had a, she's had a, and she has not seen that baby, and so she is determined she's going to make that trip and to uh, see see her grandbaby. So uh, pray pray that she'll have, get the strength to do that and uh, be able to do that. Um, we were um, um, just 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 uh, so thankful. Um, uh, Nancy and Kenneth were involved in the accident uh, a Sunday afternoon I assume and the first reports didn't sound good at all but they were not seriously injured and they're home and uh, and some and some good things other than that came out of it so um, so that's that's let's let's continue to remember them I'm sure their sores are rising uh, after being run their truck literally rolled it was it was it was rolled so um, so let's let's remember let's remember them in our prayers I'll just see uh, any anyone else have a have have a prayer need? There's always Israel, that whole thing. I, I understand that they finally uh, uh, elected a speaker of the house today. Finally, thank God. Somebody out of the blue. Well, well, may, may, maybe that's what we need. Something out of the, <laughs> well, everything looks like it comes out of the deep lagoon to me. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I think he's a, he's kind of he, he he's kind of a, a very staunch conservative. Um, It's got to be all right. Louisiana, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, he, he just hadn't been in the limelight like a lot of them are. And, uh, and that's probably a good thing. Yeah, probably a good thing. That, get, get, that's right, get ready. If he ain't been in the limelight he is now, <laughs> he will. 
he, he, will, he will be known and be attacked and, and be butchered and on the political uh, butcher block. So, but anyway, but we, hey, we, we need to pray for it. The Lord Jesus, it's, it is a mess. <laughs> it's just a mess. That's right. Uh-huh. If we're not in the last days, I don't know where we are. I won't never figure it out. If, 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 if we're not, if we're not there, I, I don't. I don't know what's going to get us there. So, but anyway, anyway, any any anybody else have uh, have have a prayer need? Uh, there's um, there, there's I know some of the kids are not here tonight. There's there's sickness and all kinds of stuff, you know. But that's always going on. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and so thankful, Lord, unto you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, God, for giving us the strength, Lord, day by day. Father, Lord, I pray that you will, Lord, just uh, touch us, Lord, in this moment. Father, Lord, as we study your word, we study things about your word, we study about practices that are found in your word. And, Father, Lord, we just pray, God, that you would just give us wisdom, insight, and understanding. And, Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just touch and bless and keep us, Lord, in your tender care. Father, Lord, protect us, Lord. And I, and I think about that prayer uh, that you taught your disciples to pray. And that, that portion said, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's my God. If we've ever needed that, we need that protection today. Because, God, there is just so much around us, so much going on. And, Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, for, uh, for our leaders. And we pray, God, that you will, Lord, just touch. And, Father, Lord, you, you raise people up. But just as sure as you raise them up, you can bring them down. So, God, we pray, Lord, that you will raise up those who need to be raised up, bring down those that need to be brought down. And, Father, Lord, uh, our country, Lord, needs, we need a revival, God. We need a revival. And, Lord Jesus, we pray, God, that you will help us to experience that. And now, God, I just pray that, uh, that you will just touch those uh, prayer needs that we have talked about today. God, touching every one of those. Billy Beasley, Lord, be with him. And Father, Lord, give strength to his body. Father, Lord, we pray for Christy Maxwell, Lord, that you will be with her. And, Lord, as she's recovering from her surgery. Uh, Jean Red, Lord, may you be with uh, Jean. And, God, may you give strength, Lord, unto her and to her family. And, Father, Lord, just give them, Lord, every measure of grace that's needed in that situation. Thank you, Lord, for touching uh, Kenneth and Nancy and preserving them and God uh, protecting them, Lord, in this uh, accident on Sunday. Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for, for, for last Sunday. We thank you, God, for answering prayers. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for putting things in order. We thank you, Lord, for the number of people, Lord, that, that showed up. Thank you, Lord, for those that worked and, Lord, those that provided and those that cooked and those that uh, were, uh, just participated in whatever it may have been. And, Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for those that responded and, and gave in such a generous way, God. We're just, we're just so grateful and so thankful, Lord, for everything that you have done. Continue, Lord, to bless our church. Lord, our church needs a blessing. We need a, a touch of grace, Lord, and uh, 
And Lord, that we can reach those that we can reach. And Lord, minister, not just reach them, God, but disciple them and uh, help them to grow in their faith. And Father, Lord, we just give you thanks for all of these things. Those that are sick among us that we may not know anything about, Lord, may you touch them and God give them, Lord, what they need. And Father, Lord, we will just be careful, Lord, to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For great and mighty is the Lord our God. And now we submit this unto you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, so we're going to, we, we, I, I, I give you some, some, uh, some biblical things, and, and not what I'm seeing is not biblical, uh, but these are kind of outside the, the, what, we, what we discover in the scriptures about uh, a baptism. Now, some of that I, I, I touched on as we went along, but I thought it might be interesting to you. Uh, Rhonda asked about, uh, was it sprinkling Rhonda that you asked about? We're going we're to talk about we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about infant baptism and how these things, as far as we know, how they came about, and why some churches sprinkle, why some churches uh, baptize infants, and things of that nature. So we're going we're going to be looking at at all of, all of these things, uh, and uh, and and hopefully I can answer any questions you may have. I don't know that I can or not. I've I've, I've done the research I know how to do, and uh, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to figure it out. Now when uh, I I I cited I, I ran across this article. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I don't agree with everything he says in here. But I've never read anybody I agreed with 100% of everything, and people don't agree with me 100%. That, that's, that's just the nature of it. So I don't, do, I don't agree with 100% of everything he said, but I thought it was basically a good article, gave some basic good information. I was going to create a PowerPoint, and um, can, can I just confess... I, I just didn't have the strength to do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I am I am tired. I, son, I, I'm tell you, when I got when I finally got home Sunday, I was just about dead. Uh, I was so fatigued and so tired, mentally and physically. And uh, so I just tried. I just been trying to recuperate. <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be, and, and I can I can tell it. I can tell it too. Uh, so uh, so I don't have the have the powerpoints and all that stuff. Uh, but I saw. I, I thought I'd, I'd run it off for you, and then because I'm not going to cover everything that is here, and uh, you can read it for your for yourselves. But when you when you think about the origin of baptism. Uh, he makes the first statement he makes here is that no one really knows the origin of Christian baptism. Now, there's a lot of theories, and we're going to talk about that. A lot of theories of how we come uh, to, uh, to to what we practice as water uh, baptism. Now, when you when you look at it, he starts off with um, with, with looking at uh, Old Testament washings, and many people believe that the roots of Christian baptism is in the Old Testament. And he makes an argument that is not the case, that, that you can't make the case biblically that the origins of water baptism is steeped in the Old Testament. I don't know that I fully 100% agree with him because there's so many ties between what happens in the Old Testament and what happens in the New Testament. So I'm not quite, I'm not quite there with him. So let's, let's talk about what we do know. Now, one of the things we know that in the Old Testament, they practiced these ritualistic uh, ceremonies of purification using water. 
Uh, he, he, gives a, he gives a whole list of, of things here. We know that uh, just, just one example that we, we would all, most of us be familiar with uh, is in the tabernacle. As we studied the tabernacle, one of the major things in the tabernacle, after they came into the uh, temple proper, the tabernacle proper, uh, the brazen altar was the first thing. The next thing was the, uh, was the uh, uh, brazen laver. Uh, the bronze laver, and that was for ceremonial washing and purification. So we see that very, very early, a part of the Levitical law. There were certain purifications they had to go through and things they had to do. And so in in the Old Testament, there's a lot of purifications, a lot of washings. Now, is that a precursor to baptism? I don't know. He says not. Uh, the, the, the author here says, says not. Dr. DeWitt, uh, he says not. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a precursor or if it's not a precursor. But I do know there were these, these washings that took place. Now, there's also another thing that we don't necessarily find biblically, but we know historically does exist. And I, fortunately, I, I was able to see this firsthand when we went, when I went to Israel, and we went to the city called Magdala. Uh, that is the city where Mary Magdalene, Mary of Magdala, is where Mary Magdalene was from. And they had discovered there a, um, a, a ruins of a, of a synagogue and also a homes. Uh, I, I've told this story, if you probably don't remember, so I'll tell it again. When they, uh, there was a, um, the a Roman Catholic uh, church was building a, a, um, a church and a, um, some sort of convention center, retreat center, something like that, in this particular site. And in their excavation, they s- discovered this ruin. Now, in, in Israel, Whenever there is a site like that discovered, all work cease. Archaeologists and, 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 and there's a whole bureau of archaeology. They have to come, they have to investigate, they have to look at it. And the Catholic Church had to pay. They had to change all of their plans. They had to change all their sites, because you cannot go in and dig up these archaeological sites. You can't destroy them. They have to be preserved. And if you own the land, you have to, you have to pay for it. <laughs> so they got, they got a good thing going on. And so they, but it was one of the most fascinating places we went to as far as I was concerned. Uh, because it is, it, it, it is documented, this is a, one of those, that's called an A site. An A site is they are, they are pretty certain that this is not just some touristy made up thing. That this is the ancient city of Magdala, and and they are certain that this is a synagogue Jesus would have gone into in his time. You can still see some of the original tiles that were there. Well, I'll tell you all of that to tell you this. In some of the homes they excla- they were they were they were uh, Excavating is not the right word. That's, that's, that's denoting tearing up. But they were, they were digging and, and they were exposing. There were these, these, these pits and they generally steps and there are pools. This is generally the wealthy people. Generally, your poor people would not 
have had these. But these were pools that were built into their home that were spring-fed. And this is where they would go for their ritualistic washings and purifications. They were called mikvahs. And you, you'll see, you can see that and how it's spelled. They're called mikvahs. And so in these, so they would, so, so the Jews, the ancient Jews, they practiced this individual purification. Even the day uh, we we're told, now I did not see this. Uh, we were not, we didn't, we didn't, we, we, we didn't go to where it's at. But my understanding is that there are uh, Jews, that the, the very pious Jews, that they often every day go to the Jordan River and they wash in the Jordan River ceremonially for purification. So this is something that, that, goes, that goes on in, on a regular basis uh, in and around that. Again, is that a precursor to, uh, to, to, to water baptism from the Christian perspective? Don't know. Now, he does make an observation about this was particularly noted in the uh, Quram uh, uh, settlement where, we found that, where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. That that give you a point of reference to the Quran uh, that were located near the Dead Sea. Uh, and, and they were noting that John came from and did a, a part of his ministry uh, in that region. So he may have adopted, they're saying, he may some reason, now this guy says not, uh, that some reason that, that John, the ba John the Baptist may have seen these ritualistic purifications and adopted water baptism from that. Don't know that's true. Just, just an observation that's being made. Then there is uh, also, and, and, I've, and I've heard this, I've, I've heard this uh, th throughout uh, th through my studies and, and, and running across this, uh, Jewish proselytes. Now, you say, what in the world is a Jewish proselyte? A proselyte is someone that may be non-Jewish, that was not born a Jew, but wants to align themselves with the Jewish faith. And they're referred to as proselytes. And, uh, and part of this ritual of them coming into the Jewish faith is being baptized or ritualistically cleaned in water. Uh, and some say that that is where the Christian church got their concept of baptism from is from these Jewish uh, proselytes that were baptized. They, they, they referred to it as being baptized. He makes, Dr. DeWitt makes the argument that this ritualistic purification or baptism of Jewish proselytes did not occur pre-Christian, but actually occurred post-Christian. That they started doing this after the Christian church was established, not prior to. If he is writing his assumptions, he's writing his research, then that means that that, that, that doesn't play into uh, uh, why John the Baptist started baptizing, which brings us to John the Baptist. Now, it's scripturally the first instance of baptism, water baptism we have in the scriptures is John the Baptist. John 
was baptizing those in the wilderness, in the Jordan River, and, and, the, and the prerequisite for the baptism was repentance. You had to repent and accept the concept of the coming Messiah for John to baptize you. So the question is, where did John get this from? Where, where did, did he make it up? Was it a divine revelation uh, that he received from the, from, the, from the Lord telling him this is what he was supposed to do? We, 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 really, we really don't know. We, 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 really, we really don't know where it came from. We really don't know where John's concept of, of baptism came from. We're not told. All we know is John comes on the scene and he is baptizing. Now, he, 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 uh, he, he, he notes here uh, some questions you, uh, on page three, and you might want to take and consider those. Now, now, now some say that, that the, uh, that, that the um, uh, John was emulating some pagan practices of baptism that took place not only in just in the Jewish community, but also in pagan communities. Dr. DeWitt makes the observation, which I think is probably an appropriate observation. He makes the observation that John would not have pulled from pagan rituals. He would have not copied pagan rituals. Because in that generation, in that time, the Jews, anything that smacked the paganism... Look, they had gone down that road. They had been down that road. They had followed that road. They got cured of that mess. And they went, they, they went to other extremes. But, they got, but they, 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 got, they, they got cured of this following pagan rituals and, and things of this nature. So the Jewish community, especially the Orthodox Jewish community, they basically did not incorporate or follow pagan practices. Anything that smacked the paganism, they, they were against it. They, they, they were opposed to it. So he makes the argument that John would not have been emulating or copying pagan uh, worship practices uh, in, 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 that, uh, in, in that way. Uh, and and he, he makes the observation that John did not copy uh, Jewish ceremonial washings because the washings needed uh, to be uh, as a result of repentance. And John's, uh, or repeated, sorry, that these ceremonial washings were something they did on a, on a, re, a repetitive basis. But John's baptism was a one-time baptism. It was a one-time cleansing. And so, uh, so most likely it was not uh, from these. Um, again, he may, have, um, he, he may have copied from the, uh, uh, the Quran, uh, but we're not really sure about that community. Um, and, and also, um, you know, John was keenly aware because he was from a Levitical family. Remember who John the Baptist's mom and daddy were. His daddy was Zacharias. And Zacharias received his vision while he was doing his Levitical priestly work in the temple. So John was a Levite. He was from a priestly class. So he would have grown up with that understanding 
of rituals and rites and purifications and ceremonies and all of those things. So he would have been steeped in those things. So that could have been a basis of his, of, of his learning as well. Now, now, now some things that he, he observes that we do know, that John knew the Messiah was coming. That, that, that he knew. He, he, he knew that from the early on. Because remember, remember, get, get the association. I, I know you know this, but, but keep the association between John the Baptist and Jesus. Remember, his mama, John the Baptist's mama, was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had a cousin by the name of Mary. Because you remember that after, after Mary had what is called the Annunciation, that she was going to be the bearer of God's son. And it was also revealed that your cousin Elizabeth is six months, she, she is six, and it's six months pregnant, it's not the way it's in King James, but she, she's with child, six months along. And so Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and when Mary speaks to Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, I felt the babe leap in my womb, and she gave a prophetic utterance uh, at that time. So you see, there's a direct connection because Jesus and John the Baptist biologically were cousins to one another. So they grew up knowing each other. And uh, so, so John knew who Jesus was. Um, and, and John, you know, could have had some revelation from God, as is pointed out. And, and, and baptism, as uh, Dr. DeWitt points out, could have been a revelation from God. Again, we don't know. We're, we're not 100% uh, sure of that. Now, uh, I've covered some of this, so I'm just going to give you a summary. When you get to the New Testament, John's baptizing. When you get to the New Testament and, 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 and baptism, um, there's, there, there's, there's three things that are noted here about baptism in the, in, in the New Testament. And, and first, baptism is a part, doesn't necessarily have to be, but is a part of the salvation experience. You're not saved by baptism. That is what is referred to as regeneral, uh, re, uh, regenerational baptism. That means the only way you can be saved is to be baptized. If you're not baptized... You can't be saved. And so therefore, because of that, and that became very, that, that became popularized by um, um, uh, 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 a church, he's considered a church father, uh, St. Augustine. And he is real big in the Catholic church. Not knocking the Catholic, but he's real big in the Catholic church. And the Catholics father his theology. I'm going to be honest with you. And any, any Catholic brothers and sisters listening in, no offense to you. This is my opinion. I'm just telling you my opinion. I think some of St. Augustine's theology was heretical. I think it was just as off base and just as wrong as could be. Now, he was right on some things. There were some things. That, that man, he was, he was off in left field as far as I'm concerned. 
I've, I've read some of his work, not all of them, but I've read some of his work. So, 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 so Augustine had this thing of original sin, which we believe, we believe in original sin. But he took it to, 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 the, to, to the extent that, that there is He, I, I, I'm struggling to, to explain this to you. It is a basis of what we believe. We believe we're all born in sin. That's what Augustine taught. We're all born in sin, original sin. A, a baby that's born is born into sin. And actually, I'm coming to infant baptism, of where, where, we, where we go into infant baptism. And But Augustine took it to an extreme level, that man is so hopelessly lost that you can't, you can't even hardly find God because man is so hopelessly lost. Well, man is hopelessly lost. Humanity is hopelessly lost. But, um, but, but in this, so it was not by Augustine because infant baptism was already being practiced by the time of Augustine. Augustine just beefed it up because he's saying because we're all born in the sin, then it makes it appropriate for an infant to be baptized because he is also the one, and this is where I need, he is also the one that popularized the concept of regenerational baptism, that you've got to be baptized to be saved. So baptized, baptism is a means of salvation. You, you understand that? But that's not what Scripture teaches. And so, so that's where he could find the justification of, ba of the baptism of infants that had started in, in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, now, we don't know where infant baptism started from. There, there is, we, we don't know. I mean, you, you, there are nothing I've read, nothing that I've, I have found can go back to a particular they're called patristics, father, church fathers, that, that first taught infant baptism. It's just something that started, uh, it, it seems to be somewhere in the second to third century of Christianity that this really became popularized. But Augustine popularized it even more because he's reasoning, okay, if we're all born into sin, and the only way, the only means of salvation is you've got to be baptized. And, and, and please understand, I am not knocking the Roman Catholic Church. I'm just telling you what I think I know. <laughs> I'm sure I just tell you what I think I know. See, they will tell you, you're baptized into Christ. 
but you're baptized into the church. And there's no means of salvation outside the church of Jesus Christ. So, so therefore, if you argue this point that if you're hopelessly lost, the only means of salvation is baptism because baptism became a sacrament of the church. It's one of those necessary things that has to be done. And during the Middle Ages, in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, that sacrament plus six more were added to the sacraments of things that are essential. You cannot ha have grace without these. You can't, you, you just, you just can't, you, you never get saved if you don't have these seven sacraments. And baptism being one of those. So it, it follows their logic, okay? If the only means of salvation is baptism into the church, into Jesus Christ, and everyone is born into sin, then it's only logical you should be baptizing babies, infants, to bring them under the protection of the church and making them a part of the church. Otherwise, they are outside of the church and they are lost. That makes sense. We well, can you see, can, can you, it makes sense to them, right, right. But, but can, can, can you see, or I can see, that if you're, look, if we were to tell parents that today, you'd be baptizing your baby and grandchildren, you know, they can't go to heaven unless they're baptized. You can't be saved. You can't, you, you, you can't find Christ. And so therefore, my baby can't go to hell. My baby can't go to purgatory or wherever to go. You know, and so it, it, I can see where, where it would catch on. And it's been practiced for centuries. But it's not about just the, just, just the um, Roman Catholic Church. There's many, many other churches that practice infant baptism as well. And part of that is because they have, they have aligned and associated themselves in years gone past. They have aligned themselves with a certain ideology and a certain theology that has, that has infiltrated uh, their, uh, their, their, their thinking and their practice. I'm here, to, but I'm going to tell you, there is nothing in the Scripture that supports infant baptism. There is no instance. Now, I, I know the arguments, and I can tell you the arguments, and I will tell you some of them. Uh, sure, you, 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 you need to say something. And, and see, that is the argument of those of us who don't practice baptism. And that baptism is for those who come to the age of accountability. Uh, uh, basically, adults. Now, not saying a child can't be baptized. Not saying a teenager can't be baptized. That, that's not what we're saying. 
but they've got to come to the age of understanding, discerning right from wrong, where they can make a decision on their own. And they can choose to believe, they, they choose to believe or not. Yes, yes. Uh, Sam. Uh-huh. Right. No, sir. There is a difference between, between christening. Now, you were probably sprinkled with water later on, okay, but you were not at the christening. The well, that that yeah, that that is the same thing as as dedication. What we call we what we call dedication, but but those who practice infant baptism, the concept is that that baby is is baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and is brought under the protection and the authority of the church of Jesus Christ. That, that's, what, that's what infant baptism is. Now, one of the primary arguments of going back scripturally that is used, and again, let, before I tell you that, the Bible never addresses the issue of infant baptism. There is nothing in the Bible that directly addresses that issue at all. But where the argument biblically comes from is there are two or three instances in, in the Scriptures, well, two in particular. Well, maybe more than that. Don't matter. But they're all in the epistles, not, not, not in, the, in the gospels. You have one that comes out of the book of Acts. You remember the house of Cornelius? Uh, Simon Peter, in a vision, is directed to go to, uh, to Cornelius' house, and they're waiting for him, and he preaches the gospel to them. And, and in, in that moment, they are, they're, they're, they're literally um, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And after that, it says his whole household was baptized. Then in, um, in, in with, 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 with Paul, again, um, you have the instance of the Philippian jailer. You remember that? That uh, over in the city of Ephesus, uh, Paul is arrested along with Silas. They are beaten unlawfully, and they were put into prison at midnight. Paul and Silas begin to worship the Lord. The chains are, 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 the, the, their chains are, 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 are released, the doors fly open, and the jailer comes in, and he's about to kill himself because he thinks all of his prisoners have escaped, and so he's going to die anyway, so he might as well, I might as well go ahead and kill myself because they're going to kill me anyway. And, and Paul says, don't, don't, we're all here. Nobody has left. Nobody has escaped. And so he asks the question, what must I do to be saved? And so he takes Paul and Silas to his home, binds up in washings, binds up their wounds, 
And it says, he and his whole household was baptized. Now, go, 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 go ahead, go ahead. It does. They were baptized in water. Now, it doesn't say they were baptized in water, but most likely they were. Because, because after, with John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, all baptism, except for the Holy Spirit, is, is a reference to being baptized in water. Right. Um, and, and, but, but in this, the indication is they were baptized in water as, as part of their confession of faith, okay? Well, that's the argument, but it never says it. It never specifies what made up the whole household. Was it just adults? Was it infants? So the assumption is made, just like Terry, you made this, the assumption is made that it was infants as well. But you have to go back. You can't, when, when, when you're not done, if, 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 if it's specified that the whole household, including men, women, see, in that culture, when it says this whole household, It could, it could have been it could have been just a reference to men because women and especially children were almost nondescript as if they didn't exist they were more like property so if you go from that you could say, well, maybe, maybe it was just men that were baptized, and women weren't baptized, whole household, just the men. But it doesn't say that either. But what you have to go back and what you have to do, if you had to go back, is what are the teachings about salvation? John, let's go back to John's baptism. I got to get to Sprinkler because I can't, I can't miss Sprinkler. John... When he was baptizing there by the Jordan River, the unbelieving Pharisees came and wanted, well, somebody's, somebody's going home. Um, <laughs> Janie, are you, <laughs> are you trying to tell us something? Time to go? <laughs> I don't you hate it. So, 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 um, so, so going back to John the Baptist, People came, and it was a baptism of repentance. In other words, before John would baptize him, they had to do what? They had to repent before they were baptized. When the unbelieving Pharisees came, he discerned what was going on with him. They weren't repentant. They were just trying to... So when they came and wanted to be baptized, he wouldn't baptize them. Because they hadn't repented. They showed no sign of repentance. So he wouldn't baptize them. Um, the Apostle Paul, he understood that concept. 
except the man be born again. He understood that out of the Gospel of John. He understood that it is through the blood of Jesus Christ that we are saved. So, so in, the, in, the, in the idea and the thought of the original church, of the first church, is that a person had to believe for themselves. That, that's exactly, and they, that's right. An infant can't talk. An infant can't confess. An infant can't say, I believe in Jesus Christ. So it's hard to use that argument when you put it against what is taught theologically in the Scriptures. As Paul said in Roman church, if anyone will believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, they will be saved. So, so, so you've got, you just can't, you just can't make an assumption based upon household. You have to believe that Paul was not baptizing everybody in that, in that household because of one man. He was baptizing those who came and made a confession of faith and repented and believed. That makes sense. Okay, now, since, since my time is drawing to a nine, you read a lot of this stuff for yourself. Sprinkling. Where, where, did, where does sprinkling come in at? Well, I can tell you a little more about that. The, well, now that, that, is, that is one of the arguments. That, that is one of the arguments that is used. There was uh, early, early in the church, I mentioned it last week, so let me mention it again, and it is in, it is in this, it is in here. It's called the Didache, which, which really, uh, really is a word, a, a Greek word for teaching. And somewhere around, they, they think around 60 to 80 A.D., and then later on, around 150, more was added to it. That somebody, really don't know who the somebody is, but this has been found, the dedicate has actually been found. It was discovered. And, and what it was, it was explanation of practices in the church. Now, it is not considered to be authoritative. It's not considered to be inspired. It's like an instruction manual where they're explaining, well, part of the Didache is about baptism. The accepted mode of baptism from the get-go. Starting, let's start with John the Baptist. Starting with John the Baptist and backed up by the language that is used to describe it is immersion or submersion in water, where the whole body is submerged in water. That was the accepted practice of the early church. Now, in the Didache, there is a statement, Terry, good. There is a statement, and, 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 and it was baptism in what they called living water. Living water is moving water. 
And I know I I have run across some people that they don't they they believe that a baptism you like a baptism pool here is not that 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 ain't baptism. That you've got to be where the water is moving. Well, technically, our, our the water in our baptism at that baptism pool does move. It's got, it, it, well, it doesn't have jet, but it's got a circulator in it because it circulates water through the heating elements to heat it up. So that water technically is moving. It is not stagnant. But a concrete doesn't go moving. Not my, the first baptism I did was in a old, had to move the mess out of the way, you know, the, the algae and all that stuff. So it, it, it really is not, technically is not moving. So, so, but, but in the Didache, they gave, um, um, they gave room that if there was no living water, or, and in some cases, I mean, their, their water supplies are limited. I mean, there are certain areas, especially in the desert region, you just, I mean, you, you can't find living water, not, not readily. So they, so they gave option of pouring water. Y'all seen me do it by what's called a fusion of pouring water. It does never talk about sprinkling. That water can be poured over an individual. And generally, and 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 and, and from what I understand, now we don't do this, but in the in the early church, when they baptized, they actually took the person down three times. They baptized me in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And after each, before they were before they were dipped, then they had to make some confession about their belief in God the Father. They had to make a confession. Then they would come up, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And then they would be baptized in the name of the Son. Then in the Holy Spirit, do you believe in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit or whatever, whatever formula was used? And then they would be baptized. So they would be baptized three times. With the pouring, the same thing. You poured three times. Now, generally, when I, when I had to baptize somebody by a fusion, I do it three times. I pour, I, I pour three times. Um, so, well, well, we, so, okay, so, where does sprinkling come in? Well, some people, if you're, if you're a good Catholic, if you're a good Catholic, they teach that sprinkling started, there were examples of people being sprinkled in the first century of the church. It goes back that far. Typically, you cannot find it historically. You cannot find any instances of sprinkling until around the second, the latter part of the second to the third or fourth century. And so some interpreted the dedicate the pouring to include sprinkling. And it was in the year 
if I understand correctly, I think it's in here. In the year 1311, in some church council of the Roman Catholic Church, it was, it was formalized into a formal doctrine that, that, um, that the mode of uh, baptism would be by sprinkling, that infants would be included in that. So it was in 1311 that that became an official doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church. But it took them 1,300 years to get there. Right? It took them 1,300 years to get there. Um, I, I will submit to you, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I'm going to submit to you, water baptism is the, is the best mode of baptism. Now, I, sometimes I use sprinkling, but it's because of a situation. There's some people you just cannot. Now, like, I'm going to use an example, Miss uh, Jean Red. She has accepted the Lord. She wants to be baptized. There. If, if, if we bring her here and put her in this pool, you better be here because you're going to see a miracle. Unless something of divine intervention happens, you're never going to get her in a baptismal pool. So if I baptize her, I've got to baptize her, either sprinkle her or either uh, somehow figure out how to pour some water. To baptize her. No, you couldn't. You can't even get no. no you could. You couldn't. You couldn't do that. Not with her. Uh-uh. She's got a broken hip. Most likely, she will never get out of bed again. Now, I'm just. I, now, again, I know that sounds fatalistic on my part. I know God is able to do anything. She's 85 years old. You know, she she can't even get out of bed. She can't even. She can't even walk. So, you've got, to, you've, got, you've got to be realistic about it, you know. And um, so, um, so anyway, so there, there's sometimes I don't mind doing the spray, even though I think sprinkling is not, is not the biblical way. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I know some of you were sprinkled as children. You were sprinkled, uh, you know, and, 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 and even, even I accept if you were sprinkled, uh, and, and you come here and you join this church and you're satisfied with your baptism. Now, I, I'm, I, I'm not dogmatic because I don't believe in regenerational baptism. I don't believe that you've got to be baptized, you've got to be dipped in water to be saved. If you give a confession of faith, you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're satisfied with your baptism, I'm satisfied with your baptism. Now, that, that's, that's my position. Um, but... Um, but I do think that when somebody is saved and they're physically able, I don't mean to get their butt in that baptism, they need to get their butt in that baptism and they need to be, they need, they, 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 they need to be, they need to be baptized. <laughs> George, Anna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right, that's right, that's right. 
That's right. Right. That that's right. He he was he was not that. And and so and the reason I say that and the reason I say it so adamantly is because I think it's an act of obedience. We we that's right. That that's right. But look, as as I've said and I've said many times, and my my dad is the one who who, who taught me, uh, and I've, I, he's he's the one I heard say it first. You know, if you baptize a, a, a sinner, all you got is a wet sinner. That's all you got. That baptism is not going to save them. But I think there is something about when you when you're obedient to that, that there is a there's a blessing to be had, in 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 that. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it is. It is. It is. It is. So, so anyway, I I I, I give you a lot of information tonight, and hope it was halfway interesting to you and understand, you know, our perspective. And so we so we we do we do follow. Now going back, let me, let me tell you this one 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 last thing. Going going back, when we had the the break, and I say we not me, but when the break came with the Roman Catholic Church and what's called the Protestant Reformation, you had men like Martin Luther, and then you had, uh, that led the German Reformation, then you had um, a Swingley that led the Swift Reformation, and then a John Calvin, uh, who is really considered the father of, of, and I say the father, denominations such as Baptist, regular Baptist, not free will, not free will Baptist, but regular Baptist, just plain Baptist, uh, uh, Southern Baptist, yeah, just Southern Baptist, uh, Presbyterian, um, uh, Episcopal, uh, and some of these others um, that that follow the, the teachings of John Calvin. Now, John John Calvin, he supported infant baptism even though he, he didn't see baptism as being regenerational, but he supported infant baptism. Uh, Luther supported uh, infant baptism. Swingley supported infant baptism. Um, even, though they, they, even though all the reformers believed that salvation is by faith and faith alone, um, it was with the Anabaptists. Where, where we, where our brand of Christianity comes from, our roots, where we come from, is really more in the Anabaptist movement. And the Anabaptist movement, they believe, because, um, because so many of them came out of the Roman Catholic Church, they were, they were baptized as infants, confirmed into the Roman Catholic Church. When they came out of that, then... They were teaching, you need to be rebaptized. If you were baptized as a child, that ain't good enough. You need to be rebaptized. And so it created, I mean, whoo, they were not popular with the Catholic arm of the church. And a lot of Anabaptists were slaughtered. I mean, just murdered. And, but it's from the Anabaptists, this idea of being baptized on the basis of your confession of faith. And they said infant baptism, absolutely not. In, in, infant baptism is, is a heretical teaching. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, it's, it should not be a part of the church. 
And so our brand, our branch of Christianity actually can be traced more back to the Anabaptist than some of these other branches. That makes sense. That's where, where, where we got. And I believe it's based in the Scriptures. If I didn't, I wouldn't teach it. I don't think I would anyway. Everybody good? All right. So next week, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper and the, and the meaning and significance of the Lord's Supper. And, and as I said, you can't, you can't talk about it and not do it. So we're, we're, so we're, going, to, we're, we're going to have communion next, next Wednesday evening. Okay? All right. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here. And God go with you, protect you in everything that you do and bring you back safely in the next appointed time. Amen? Amen. God bless you.